think I'm doing those eyes. <laughs> I think I'm in love. It was terrifying. The pain, the, the fear of being eaten. I was drowning at the same time. I just accepted that I was going to die. Was there a bit of fandom for you when he came on? Oh, huge. And I did not try to hide. <laughs> did not try to hide at all. Out of the Box with Serge Negus on FBI. Massive thanks to Alex Byer for the epic morning of Sydney Music and Culture News. If you missed anything she played, you can jump online and head to fbiradio.com to catch up on our show or really any other program here on FBI Radio. Now, my guest on the show today is someone who has literally left a physical yet transient mark on Sydney, leaving artistic pieces and political messages from the streets of Newtown all the way to Brisbane and Melbourne, causing a few people to get mighty pissed off along the way, gaining far more support along the way though as well, with people standing up behind him in the name of his art, art which really unifies various minority groups around the city and Australia. He is, of course, a street artist made famous by his murals of characters like George Michael and Tony Abbott. Scotty Marsh, thanks for coming on Out of the Box. No problem. Now, look, you with your work, there's a few things that people would really know you for. And I mean, the first one is, is definitely, I'd say, the George Michael piece. I mean, can you explain to us just like the background into you putting that together? Where did the inspiration come from for you? Um, well, originally I was approached by the property owners. They kind of sent me a message saying, hey, we don't have any money, but we've got an awesome wall that we'd like you to paint um, nice. if you want to paint it. It's on the train line, so it's in a super good spot. Um, and I'd actually planned to paint another mural on there, but just hadn't got around to it. And then George Michael passed away. Um, they gave me a call. They were like actually good mates with him. Um, and we had a bit of a chat about it and bounced some ideas around. And then that's what we kind of ended up ended up with and yeah it was kind of I don't know I was really happy with it in the end and it became kind of a bit of a iconic tribute I guess and a bit of a shrine like a lot of people kind of traveled there and left cards and flowers and stuff so it was a pretty cool space. Was it the kind of thing like did you expect it to explode as much as it did in that sense and in popularity? Uh, yeah well it kind of had two chapters I guess because I'd painted it uh, a year before it kind of got destroyed mm -hmm. um, before the plebiscite announcement um and you know it, then it was on it was in the mardi gras it was got a little bit of media attention i guess um and hundreds of thousands of people go past it on the train every day and no one had ever had a problem with it, it was probably the the least controversial mural i think i've ever painted <laughs> and then it all just went pear-shaped i suppose it's crazy right isn't it it's, it's yeah. so interesting how um how that kind of thing blows up when the media grabs onto it and when certain sections of society i guess get a little bit kind of antsy. I mean, the interesting thing is in that regard is I think that, you know, there were very few people who got pissed off and tried to deface it and whatnot, but then so many people stood up behind you and the work and what the work was trying to portray, right? Yeah, it was awesome, actually. I probably got, you know, I got a hell of a lot of hate mail, which I usually get for a lot of murals, but mm. I got a lot for that one um, after it kind of, after the plebiscite announcement. Um, but for you know, for every piece of hate mail, I probably got five that were people just saying, "Hey, you're probably getting lots of hate mail." I would just want to say I love it and all this kind of stuff, which was cool. Definitely bounced it out. And I mean, I guess like <coughs> with with that particular painting, like was the like were you trying to portray anything in particular, or was it just this collaboration between you and and the people who commissioned it? Like, what was it that you wanted to really convey through that image? Um, well, it was pretty much a tribute for them, for their dead mate, really. At the, that was at the, you know, cracks of it, so. And, like, did you expect, like, certain themes of it to, to really tick people's attention so much? Not really. 
Like, yeah, I suppose the things, you know, the idea was him as the patron saint of the gays. Yeah. So, which I thought was fitting, really. Totally. Um, and, you know, when we were talking, I was like, well, what does he have in his hands, you know, because patron saints generally are holding something from their patronage in their hands, whether it's a book or whatever it is. Um, and they were like, amyl and a joint. <laughs> I was like, all right. It's I'll so that. good, That's really. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, you're listening to Out of the Box FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is Scott Marsh. You know for his amazing street art around Sydney and around the country. Um, look, mate, we're going to get into the music first. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about, I guess, like you growing up and your inspirations and how you moved into that realm. But the first song you've got for us today, you got Notorious B.I.G., Warning. I mean, why did you bring this song on? What does this hip-hop song mean to you? Uh, well, maybe not this song in particular, although all Biggie songs really, but this album, Ready to Die, is probably one of my two favourite albums of all time, and I'm just a huge Biggie fan. He's the best. Fair enough. Fun. He's bloody amazing, <laughs> isn't he? He's the GOAT. In the morning, crack a dawning, now I'm yawning, wipe the cold out my eye. See who's this page of me and why. It's my nigga Pop from the barber shop. Told me he was in the gambling spot and heard the intricate plot. A niggas wanna stick me like fly paper neighbor. Slow down, love, please chill, drop the paper. Remember them niggas from the hill up in Brownville that you rolled dice with? Yeah, my nigga fame up in prospect Nah, them my niggas, nah, love wouldn't disrespect I didn't say them, they schooled me to some niggas that you knew from back when When you was clocking minor figures Now they heard you blowing up like nitro When they wanna stick the knife through your windpipe slow So thank fame for warning me, cause now I'm warning you I got the Mac, nigga, tell me what you gonna do Damn, niggas wanna stick me for my paper Damn, niggas wanna stick me for my paper Damn Niggas wanna stick me for my paper. Damn. Niggas wanna stick me for my paper. They heard about the Rolexes and the Lexus with the Texas license plates out of state. They heard about the pounds you got down in Georgetown. And they heard you got half of Virginia locked down. They even heard about the clip you bought your mom out Florida, the fifth corridor. Call the coroner. It's gonna be a lot of slow singing and flower bringing if my burglar alarm starts ringing. What you think all the guns is for? All-purpose war got the Rockwellers by the door And I feed them gunpowder so they can devour The criminals trying to drop my decimals, damn Niggas wanna stick me for my cream And it ain't a dream, things ain't always what it seems It's the ones that smoke blunts with ya See your picture, now they wanna grab their guns and come and get ya Bet your biggie won't slip I got the calico with the black talons loaded in the clip So I can rip through the ligaments Put the fuckers in the bad predicament With all the foul niggas went Touch my cheddar, feel my Beretta Fuck when I'ma hit you with your motherfuckers Better duck I bring pain, blood stains on what remains of his jacket He had a gun, he should've packed it, cocked it Extra clips in my pocket So I could reload and explode on your asshole I fuck around and get hardcore C4 to your door No beef, no more, nigga Feel the rough, scandalous The more weed smoke I puff The more dangerous I don't give a fuck about you or your weak 
crew What you gonna do when Big Papa come for you? I'm not gunning, nigga, I bust my gun and Hold on, I hear somebody coming You're listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio My name is Serge News My guest today is street artist Scotty Marsh Who you'd know from some of his incredible murals Of famous characters portrayed around the country on different walls Now, when you were growing up I mean, you know, street art and, and its roots for you I guess, was it something that you were into as a kid? Did you go around tagging walls? Or like, how did it all start? Um, well, you know, when I was a kid, street art didn't exist. It was graffiti, and I was a graffiti writer. So, yeah, I was running around tagging on walls and tagging on trains. <laughs> well, but did you have a particular tag that was your tag? Yeah, yeah, but I'll keep that under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> would, 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 are there still any any around the city that you see? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, graffiti is alive and well in Australia and in Sydney for sure. And what was the scene like back in, in the day when it was very much graphing rather than necessarily uh, street art? Well, it's changed a lot. It's mellowed out a lot. Um, you know, in the in the 90s and early 2000s, for sure, the graffiti scene was pretty crimey and it was pretty violent. Um, and that's changed, which I think is for the better. Some people are a bit more keep it real and they think it's gone a bit soft, but... Um, what do you just mean by violent? Like, do, like you, they have crews and stuff? Graffiti and you... is an ego sport, you know. You're yeah. running around writing your name on other people's shit, so you can't get more ego than that, you know, and everyone <laughs> wants to be the king, and that's the name of the game, so... Um, people are always going to butt heads, really. No so there was literally possible. fights and stuff over these. Sort yeah, of yeah, for sure. Wow, that's a, for someone who like doesn't have hasn't had any involvement in the scene. Like you know, that's fascinating to know that it was such a kind of like tribal thing in many ways. Were there crews like? Yeah, for sure. And what kind of crews like were, were really kind of like the crews that you like to hang with? Were there particular realms or areas that you used to go to? Or um, I don't know. The you know every area has. They're kind of legendary guys and, you know, the legendary beefs and, and painting stories and stuff like that. And that's all part of the culture. So, mm-hmm. you know, people think of graffiti or tagging as just, you know, some kids running around scribbling on shit. Um, but it's more than that. It's, it really is a worldwide movement. It's in every major city you go in the world, there's graffiti. There's kids that are writing graffiti. So there's something more to it than just scribbling your name on something you know mm. yeah it's yeah. become kind of part of the urban landscape i suppose totally and how has it changed in the last few years or several years um well i i can only really speak about sydney but for sure it's like mellowed out a bit the scene which is nice because you know i saw a lot of guys who are good at painting but kind of gave up on graffiti because it was too hard dealing with the scene i suppose mm-hmm. um so, yeah, in that sense, it's changed for sure. And then you've got street art, which is also in the same kind of space. So those two things kind of butt heads a little bit um, for some people. And for some people like myself, they kind of merge mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people, actually. Um, so, yeah, I guess those are the main differences, I suppose. And you think that's a good thing that, you know, I guess people are now able to create a livelihood out of out of being able to combine these two realms in some way? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, you know, if you're painting graffiti for... So I was painting graffiti for, you know, 10 years illegally before I ever started painting murals or anything. And for those 10 years, I'd be picking out colour schemes three times a week for pieces. Um, You learn a lot. And, you know, 80% of the stuff I now use in my art practice definitely comes straight from graffiti. It doesn't come from art school or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And you get a head start on everyone else for that reason. You know, I was painting since I was 12 years old doing pieces every week. So that gives you... Is there there anywhere in art school these days where they actually kind of like look at graffiti as as an art form that they would teach in some way or you learn about as a form of art that can be kind of utilized in an industry like do you know what i mean like is yeah. it is it I being incorporated into education yeah it's been a while since i've been in art school but 
when I was there, it, like they wouldn't let you use spray paint. If you wanted to use spray paint, you had to go like super outside and far away, and they were like <laughs> didn't get it at all. If you had you know used spray paint in your work, they were just kind of confused or whatever. But yeah. I know now, like some people do workshops, and I'm sh- I think they kind of touch on it in electives or something yeah. like that but because it would make sense for i guess the art education world to kind of evolve <laughs> with the times. yeah right? well it's yeah it's art education and street art i guess is the biggest art movement in the world in the last kind of few decades so mate it's a i only hope that it gets bigger and bigger and it definitely makes your natural streetscape look all the better now look moving on to the music again the next song you got for us is this snoop dogg track another hip-hop song it's um what what's the song you're gonna play for us from snoop dogg um, it was the Shiznit, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's, a, again, it's probably one of my f- two favourite albums of all time, Doggy Style, and you can just pick any song off it and play it. You play it start to finish, it's dope. Dr. Drake, lay back in the cut like I told your ass. Give me the mic. 
microphone and let me hit you with a blast I got a little cousin by the name of Daz And bitches who fucking give me the ass Cause they know about the shit that we be going through And they know about the shit that I be putting up And they be know about the shit I do when I'm on a mic Cause Snoop Dogg is trump tight like a virgin The surgeon is Dr. Drizay So Lizay and Flizay with D.O. Double Jizzy The fly human being seeing No, I'm not European being all I can When I put the motherfucking mic in my hand And... You don't understand what I'm kicking Cause Snoop is on the mic and I get so wicked Follow me, listen to me Cause I do you like you wanna be done Snoop Doggy Dog on the street 2-1 Um, dumb, DD dumb Here I come with the gat and the guitar was strum Um, not that lunatic nigga who you thought I was When I caught you slipping, I'ma catch you Then I pull your cat, snap back, relax You better not be slipping with them D's on that 83 Cadillac So we gon' smoke an ounce to this G's up, hoes down, while your motherfuckers bounce to this This is Out of the Box on FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is street artist Scotty Marsh. Now, people know you for, for these incredible murals you've done, and one that really got a lot of attention as well was this mural you did of Tony Abbott um, where he was with Cardinal George Pell, and you know, there was really quite... It was on the back of a pub, wasn't it? Was this the one? Yeah, was, it was back of the Botany View. Yeah, and, and I mean, how was the commissioning of that? Did, how did that come about? What did people want? Um, well, it wasn't really commissioned. A lot of the, actually, almost all the political murals they're just never commissioned. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, they just kind of come about. So, and do you um, find those like the, the spots to do those yourself? Do you yeah, ask all people that for space, them? Or? I know the owner of the pub, mm-hmm. um, and he said, "I got this wall at the back. If you want to paint something at some stage, so just go do it." Yeah, when I was ready to paint something, there it was. So. And like, did you just how did you do it during the day? Did you do it at night? Like, how? Did, like, um, I think it took two days, but yeah. with a scissor lift. Um, and painting pretty fast as well, just because I wanted it to be finished in time for the announcement. Yeah. Um, and I kind of left it late, which I usually do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And because one of the things that happened after that was there was this huge backlash on the pub. And there was this amazing online battle where basically there were people going online and saying, never, you know, eat at this pub or go to this pub again. And then people from the local community saying the opposite. Yeah. I mean, did did you at the pub know that that was going to kind of kind of going to happen, I guess? Because it was uh, a controversial picture, really. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure we didn't think that would happen. <laughs> I think they had to unplug the phones for a couple of days because they were literally just non-stop. You're kidding. With abuse, which is kind of a oh, little yeah. bit funny, I guess. And where did the inspiration with that work come from for you? Like, obviously, it was in the context of the same-sex marriage vote, but, I mean, like, just the very particulars of it because, I, I mean... In many people's minds, the idea of putting together this controversial picture of Tony Abbott being married by Joe, George Pell, like, is not something they'd usually think of. I mean, how did you conjure that one up? Um, well, I had a number of ideas for stuff to paint around that same issue. Um, the first one was Tony Abbott marrying self, which is on Hunter's Corner Cafe in Redfern. Um, and then that was the second one, and the premise was Tony Abbott on his hen's night. As the hen, as the beautiful hen. Um, uh, I was trying to find a wall in Manly because I wanted, to, I really wanted to paint it in his electorate, but yeah, I had a yeah. few walls that kind of fell through and it was becoming a bit too much of a pain in the ass and I'd actually given up on it completely. Um, and then the Botany View became available. I was like, all right, I'll do it. And literally the night I was packing my car with all the stuff to take up there the next morning, um, 
I was like, shit, they got male strippers at hen's parties. Who would make a good male stripper? And that's where it <laughs> fell, like, slotted in at the last minute because I was pretty aware of their relationship, so... No way. And, I mean, like, you personally, like, if, when you do that, have you had any response from people like Tony Abbott or the Catholic Church? Uh, no, Tony was pretty quiet about it. I don't think he... He's a pretty kind of old-school politician. I think social media seems a bit too much for him, so people painting... <laughs> giant murals about him is yeah, might yeah. go straight over the top of his head i'd suspect yeah yeah yeah. um i think his sister said something about it um christine i've interviewed her on the show and she's actually great yeah she's yeah fantastic. she seemed cool when yeah. she was talking about it as well that's so classic i mean i, I would have loved to have, have had tony or cardinal pell have some kind of reaction to that <laughs> it just would have been so perfect well, i think he's back in court now so yeah imagine like imagine i would love to see one day like just tony abbott go up to that that mural or, or you know any of your murals and take a take a selfie it'd be too classic yeah it would it'd be good <laughs> and what about like some of your other artworks in that regard are there any like people that you featured that have have reacted to it uh well Baird took a selfie mm-hmm. in front of the casino mike mural yeah i remember that one actually um and then released it six months later which was a bit weird well yeah that was weird like did you have any idea of why i did that well i got a call one morning from the manager of the gladstone because it's on the back of the gladstone um and he was like, man, I just walked out the back and Mike Baird had a full like photo shoot set up and he was taking a photo in front of the mural. I was like, did you get a photo of it? He was like, I froze, I froze. <laughs> <laughs> and he said they saw him and just like fanged off. No and then way. so it was a bit of a myth whether he was whether bullshitting me or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And then six months later, the photo popped up. Because it did totally just come out of nowhere, like when he did, did post that, right? It was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was going through his head? <laughs> yeah, it I doesn't know, make any sense. <laughs> not super good with the social media. Oh, that's classic. Well, look, moving on to the music again. The next song you got from us is a classic of kind of, I guess, the Australian late 90s, kind of early 2000s. Friends of Rom. I mean, four leaders. Like, tell us about this song firstly for people who might not know it, and and also why you chose it. Um, I chose this song basically in my youth. I used to drink a bit of goon on the weekends. <laughs> I was good on the pocket. Good, good. <laughs> you know, everyone would chip in their two dollars fifty each, and we'd wait out the front of the bottle shop trying to convince someone to buy us four liters. Um, and yeah, it became a bit of an anthem of my teens, I guess. And I, this whole album's dope as well. It's you just have to read down the track list to know how fucking funny it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, here it is. This is Friends of Rum and Four Leaders.
You're listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest here today is artist Scotty Marsh. You know, for some of his amazing murals that are put up around walls, different cities, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney. Now, look, speaking about art in general, I mean, for you, were there particular artists, not just street artists, just artists around in any form that really inspired you when you were younger? Um, I guess when I was younger... Um, Howard Arkley was a big inspiration for me mm-hmm. purely because when I was in high school there was no graffiti you couldn't study graffiti there was no street art or anything and he used airbrush and it was the closest thing I could find to the same aesthetic as the stuff I was interested in um, and the colour and everything else is is unreal um, I saw, actually saw like a retrospective show of his at the Art Gallery of New South Wales when I was in art school and yeah the works and their scale and stuff are absolutely incredible when you actually see them in person and what about now like uh, who, who's really getting around now that just blows your mind um i don't know in terms of australian artists it's more about i guess their story like ken Doan is an artist who i love yeah, yeah. i like his work but i like his story better the way that he kind of just went around about his art career off his own back and didn't really rely on the set up gallery system and the art world and as kind of you know gone around the whole system really and being super successful doing it yeah yeah it's really interesting the art world in that regard like i mean like figuring out a way of being able to support yourself while doing your craft i mean it's it's particularly i guess like competitive these days but also like it's not a very normal structured work existence i mean how do you balance that you know because there's a lot of insecurity right like how do you balance making money but also doing what you want to do um, yeah, it's kind of tricky. Uh, it takes a while to figure it out and figure out everyone's different. Everyone has a different balance, so it takes time. And I don't think there's like an instant, this is what you should do, and it all kind of works out. Like for me, it's all kind of just happened. It's, it was nothing that was really planned. When I finished studying art, I didn't even think, you know, my whole youth I was told that artists make no money and it wasn't like a valid <laughs> career path. So. Yeah. I didn't even think it was something you could do, but it just slowly built and, and became what it is now, I guess. Are there any, like, things you'd recommend to, to young people who are wanting to go down that path and how to actually make it work for themselves? Is there any kind of... any advice? Um, just persist at it and just keep doing it and enjoy what you're doing and do create work that's kind of for you and not for someone else. I think when... The second I stopped thinking about who's going to buy my work, who am I going to create work for... Um, was the second I enjoyed it and it was also the second that I became more successful, I guess. Like all the advice that I've received from people within the art world was, you know, forget about graffiti, people don't like graffiti, ditch that, Um, don't paint political works, political work doesn't sell, ditch that. So pretty much everything that I was told to do uh, is what, well, told not to do is what's kind of been successful for me. So you... That's so funny, I think at the... Uh, at the end of the day you just got to do what makes you happy and create the work you want to create and it'll find itself a space you know and do you think just overall like in australia for artists these days do you think it's a like we're in a good age or do you think that you know times are tough um no it's you know awesome age you know the fact that i can live off my art um and you know a bunch of my peers can also you know dozens of people that i know that are artists full-time um is awesome so I think it is in a good space, you know. For sure. Well, get out, do it. Don't listen to what anyone else does and just and crank out some personal works, I reckon. <laughs> now, look, uh, the next song you got for us is Evelyn Champagne King, Stop That. <clears throat> Tell us about this song. Why would you bring this on? 
Um, again, it's an awesome album. Um, and it's the perfect song. In I'm a big sufferer of the afternoonies. So once it hits about 2.30, I start falling asleep in the studio. <laughs> so I've got a playlist. There was one of the songs on it that's just like gets me moving, gets me going in the studio, I guess.
This is Out of the Box and Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is Scotty Marsh, street artist who you know for some of the incredible murals of different political characters and different political scenes. And I mean, on that note, Scotty, like, I mean, obviously your work, well, at least what we see the majority of on social media and different things like that, is, is heavily inspired by what is going on politically in this country. I mean, where does that come, where does your politics come from for you? Like, is that a family thing? Is that a societal thing? Where, where does it all start? Um, it's definitely not a f- family thing. I grew up on the lower north shore of Sydney, so which is not a left kind yeah. of side of politics, I suppose. And that's kind of where my politics are leaning. Um, my interest in, I didn't really have an interest in politics growing up. I didn't have an interest in politics until recently, really. I painted the Mike Baird Casino Mike piece um, after the lockout laws and I had a bunch of mates who had lost their jobs um from everything from bartenders to strippers to the guy who used to squeeze lemon juice for the bars in king's cross no i kind of spoken to um and so i was kind of inspired to paint that mural and then i got a bit of attention and i had to do some interviews and stuff i was like shit i better actually figure out what i'm actually talking about here mm. so i did a bit of research into it and then realized that was maybe the third worst thing that worst policy that mike baird had kind of come up with um in my mind anyway mm-hmm. Um, and that really got me interested in politics from that moment on, I suppose. And so there was, it's so interesting there was such a critical moment to it and it came from such a personal background with, with what was happening to your mates. Yeah, for and sure. And I guess that that's what starts a lot of political movement. Is it something that you feel like has started quite a ground movement in Sydney in that regard, like in the art world? Um, I don't know if it's in the art world. I don't know too many other people who are making political works. And it's for the same reasons, you know, people will tell you, well, political work doesn't sell, don't make political work, it's a waste of time, really. And how has it evolved for you, you know? Like, have you started going on, like, obviously you've moved into different realms that all seem to be affecting you personally. But, I mean, like, if you go from, say, the bad thing to then, you know, the the Abbott thing and the same-sex marriage thing, I can see how there are friends of yours that are affected by that. What about, you know, with, like, the latest stuff with, say, like, Bill Shorten and Adani and that kind of conflict with him saying, yes, I'll, I'll support Adani and no, I won't support Adani? Like, how did you get into that kind of conversation uh, um, politically? Well, the Adani, I've been creating stuff about the Adani mine since it kind of became an issue, I suppose. Um, when I was in my teens and early 20s, I, we used to go on, like, a family holiday to the Barrier Reef, um, go spear fishing and snorkeling and stuff like that. Um, and to be honest, it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And I think anyone who's been there and really experienced that will know exactly what I'm talking about. It really does kind of touch you in the in the feels. Mm, definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when that became a bit of an issue and the, the bleaching on the coral reef became a big issue and it was, you know, pretty obvious that it was all about uh, global warming and this coal mine's probably not the best thing for that. Um, I went to a lecture actually at... Sydney University with Professor Terry Hughes is the guy who um, did the big report basically on the coral bleaching on the Great Barrier Reef, um, which really opened my eyes to kind of what was going on there. Um, And that just got me interested in that issue, really. So I really wanted to create stuff around that and I guess raise awareness of it and yeah. Is there anywhere else that you think you're going to go with your political-minded kind of works? Because it all seems to make sense and it's all flowing one direction. Are there any other issues that you'd like to tackle? Now people ask me that all the time. It's, they they come together really quick. It's not like um, there's not a whole lot of planning. It's usually they fit in with what's happening in the media anyway. Because I I read papers, I read, you know watch TV or whatever it is. So an issue will pop up and then I'll see it and I'll go oh I got an idea and then I'll go paint it. So 
So it's reactive, really. It's, yeah, really. It it's is. awesome. It's good stuff. Now, look, uh, moving on to the songs again. Next one you got for us, These Walls Don't Lie by Promo, is it? Yeah. Yeah, what's what's this one about? Um, well, I wanted to pick a graffiti song. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that's probably got a, a connection to Sydney. Um, it's actually a tribute song to a graffiti writer called Bingo who got hit by a train, I think it was 2003, 2004 in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a close friend of a lot of my mates. Uh, and one of his friends, I think, sent a message to Promo, who's one of the guys from Loop Troop. Um, and Bingo was a big fan of Loop Troop. I think he had Swedish heritage, and they're from Sweden. Um, and he got the note and made this song. So, yeah. That's awesome. What a yeah. tribute, hey? Yeah, really cool. Just laughed at the bullshit names that they call us hated as we hated them in both sides. 
beginning, then find out about the horrors. Don't get me wrong, my lover, 100% no less. Peace to my people, we grow with the knowledge. A bite tone depth, same time, I'm paying homage to cats from South Africa. Riders from New York, Australia, Spain, France, and Germany up north. Still the same rapper telling cops to fuck off. And all my riders survived this, my love song to y'all. You've been listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest here today has been artist Scotty Marsh. Now, look, one of the other kind of things that you've been doing with your murals is you've done quite a few um, hip-hop artists. Obviously, you've played a bit of hip-hop on here and you, yep. you love that genre. But, you know, you've got the Kanye Love Kanye one. You did something of ASAP Ferg recently. Why? What, what was it? Is that just because you like hip-hop? Um, yeah, really, because I like hip-hop. I painted Biggie as well. I painted him a bunch of times just because I'm a huge Biggie fan. Mm. Um, the Ferg thing came around just because I was contacted by his tour manager just saying that he's here. Um, I knew that he had actually he studied fine art. Oh, really? Yeah. And no he, Yeah, he's super kind of... That's fascinating considering he's Yeah, he's into art history and stuff music. like that. Yeah, <laughs> so I music. thought that would be something he'd really appreciate. So. Wow. What do you think about someone like Aesop Ferg who who writes some lyrics that are so deeply kind of, well, I guess you could say misogynistic, some of them, uh, yeah. but yet is this guy who studied fine arts who seems like he'd probably be in contradiction to that ideologically. I mean, how does what do you think about that? I don't know. I guess it's just hip-hop. It's hip-hop, right? <laughs> You'd have to ask him, I yeah. suppose. Did you get to meet him at all? Yeah, yeah, he came down to the mural and we got a photo and stuff and had a bit of a chat about art and yeah. what he was doing. And What was he like? Chill. He's super yeah. chill. Yeah, real nice guy. Yeah, yeah. He was what short. Did... He was short. Really? <laughs> I always, short. I swear, from watching film clips, he looks they. I know. Whatever. That up I've angle. seen a few. <laughs> I saw like Ice Cube at uh, the airport in LA once when I was changing flights, and he was really short as well. I was like, "What's with all the rappers? Really small? <laughs> <laughs> you think they're real big because their music's really so powerful too, and right? they're tiny." That's yeah. so funny. No, it's a way. little man syndrome thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a classic, isn't it? And what did like what did um, ASAP Ferg like like talk to you about with art? Like, what, was there anything he was particularly into that you wanted to chat to you about? Oh, just about my influences and what artists he likes and that kind of thing. I suppose. Just does he do? Stuff. Does he do any street work himself? I don't think so. No. But he said he used to paint. And, yeah, I think he channels that into fashion now. Into fashion. Yeah, he's big into fashion. God, it's such an interest. Hip-hop is such an interesting genre and in the way that it's created this very particular culture around high fashion in, in so many ways. Where, like, you yeah. get people like ASAP Rocky doing, you know, these big campaigns for all the big big fashion labels. I mean, like, it's fascinating, really, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the one part of hip-hop that I don't like is that yeah. kind of obsessive obsessed with material possessions thing that yeah, kind of, yeah. is kind of going on in American hip-hop, I suppose. It's so deeply American, though, isn't it? You yeah, know, well, I guess it's American culture. They just yeah. worship money. I think it, I remember reading somewhere some interesting um, political kind of sociological commentary on it, and it, um, there was this very interesting um, academic in the States talking about how it had... They say that it has a lot to do with, 
you know, the slave history in America, where basically, like, there was this point in history where, you know, African-Americans never got the chance to really buy material things. Yeah. And then now it's like, well, we're going to go the opposite level of extravagance because now we actually have made it. And it makes sense. And you're like, well, that's justifiable, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. stick it to them. Put it in their face, you know? They told you for so long that you couldn't do it. Well, there you go. We're doing it and we're going to be extravagant. Yeah, but I think it works both ways as well because you can... You can blow all your money on that stupid stuff and you end up poor at the end of your career, you know? True, true. it's a good point. Yeah. It's a good point. It has happened to a lot of people, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating stuff. Well, look, Scotty, that's about all we have time for today. We've got time for one last song, though. It has been a pleasure having you on, though. I must, must say, thank you very much for coming on here. It's uh, Yeah, it's not every day that you have an awesome street artist coming in and having a yak <laughs> with you, so appreciate that. But uh, look, Weekend, by the uh, Losers by the Weekend, I mean, why have you brought this song on? Um... I love this song. It kind of goes to a few different places, which I like a lot um, in terms of just the song itself. Um, but it's just this kind of triumphant song, I guess. His backstory, I think he was homeless and a bunch of other things. Um, and it's just about, I don't know, being the loser and then the losers rise up and succeed, you know, which I guess I felt like a lot when I was younger because I was just running around doing graffiti while my mates were getting jobs and getting married and doing all that stuff you <laughs> know the, my poor mum had things. to like put up with cops coming to the house and she was just like oh. so it feels good now that I can kind of give her something to Scott to her friends about of course <laughs> well Scotty Marsh thank you so much again for coming on Out of the Box coming up next is Maya Billick with lunch big thanks to my producer Nicole DiPaolo and uh, I'll be back next week see ya
It's my turn now One minute to 